Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Elaine. We're sisters. Welcome to the Body Wealth Podcast, a space for conversations about the wealth that really matters, your best health. Though a relatively small percentage of the U.S. population is vegan, plant-based eating has been on the rise for over a decade. Some people are making this choice for environmental sustainability or ethical reasons, but many choose plant-based eating for personal health. In today's episode, we talked to Monica Johnson, a fit 60-year-old woman. Looking at her, you would guess she is about 40. She exercises at least four times a week, including Pilates, running, and lifting weights. And she eats a primarily plant-based diet. Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have this conversation for our podcast and for our listeners. Monica and I have been friends for a long time. We went to college together and we got stories, but we yes. won't talk about those. <laughs> but for our guest, Monica, could you just take a couple of minutes to tell them about yourself? Well, well, thank you all so much for inviting me to join today. I am so honored and, and appreciative of that you all have given me this opportunity to talk with you. Let's see. What about me? I am retired. I've been retired from federal law enforcement now for about eight years. Moved to North Carolina eight years ago and reconnected even closer to Elaine <laughs> now that we're both in North Carolina together. I've always loved to exercise. Well, most of, if not all of my adult life have enjoyed exercising. Pilates is my new love, running, walking, golf. <laughs> <laughs> I've started trying to incorporate weightlifting. Just about, you can t- invite me to just about any workout experience that you want to invite me to. And I'm willing to try it. <laughs> wow. Recently yeah, learned great. about pickleball. It was great. And so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I love to exercise. Probably the more challenging part of my health routine has actually been food mm-hmm. and, try, and trying to get a hold of what I need to eat, how I need to eat, how much I need to eat, you know, so <laughs> oh, I should eat. So that's probably been the most challenging part of my wellness journey. And it is a journey. I don't think- What makes it challenging? I like food. I like to eat. I, I just love food. So you chose to live a primarily plant-based diet. And so we'd love to hear from you about why you made that choice, when you made that choice, what does it give you from a health perspective? Probably about three or four years ago is when I really started calling myself a plant-based eater. But I had dabbled in it here and there, probably, gosh, at least maybe 10 years, mm. 10 or more. I started off, I would do two days a week and just do it like a plant-based. And it was a, a struggle because I was found myself in low energy. Mm. And one of my coworkers who was into fitness and nutrition was like, Monica, you need protein. Mm. And at that point, I did, had no idea how to do this. I was like, I'm just not going to eat meat. You know? <laughs> and you know, didn't study anything or anything. And so I didn't know the importance of protein in my energy, in energy level and providing energy. And so sure enough, as soon as I would eat a piece of protein, it's like, oh, okay, I have some energy now. Mm. And so, you know, just continuing to try to figure out 
how to do that. I had a, a very good friend of Elaine and ours and my brother, plant-based eaters. And they talked about how much better they felt um, at eating that way. And so I was like, hmm, so let me, let me try this, you know? And again, really didn't study much about it. Just decided I'm not going to eat meat anymore. I hadn't eaten beef and pork probably in 40 years. Mm. Uh, but it's just giving up the, the chicken, the poultry, and seafood. So I said, okay, well, let, let's try this. Let's see if this will work. And I found that I actually didn't miss it. Mm. I don't miss the meat. And I've since incorporated some seafood back into my diet because I'm having some cholesterol issues and realizing that, you know, the omega-3s that you can get from seafood, you could take a pill. But my thing is that, well, if I'm going to take a pill, wouldn't it be better to get it from the source? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be better to get it from food? So, you know, swallow. And it, it was, and I actually have to tell you, it was a, I don't want to say I had to swallow my pride to eat a piece of fish. But it had become something that I was really proud that I had achieved mm-hmm. of being able to transfer to a plant-based eating. And once that didn't work for me, I'll just say that it was disappointing mm-hmm. and it was a little humbling. But you know what? I said, I don't look at it. It's easier now to go out to dinner with my husband because he loves seafood. So when he when we want to go out to dinner, I was like, okay, this is going to be the day I eat fish. You make a plan. And you have to adjust. We all do. For whatever reason, we make a plan, but being willing to make change is very important. And I think it only increases your health. So when you mentioned using, trying to adding fish to your diet rather than taking a pill, are there other ways that that you felt food was actually not just making you more healthy, but helping you to avoid certain illnesses? Yeah, it's funny. I stumbled upon dairy and how dairy adversely affected my body. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped eating dairy, I wasn't getting the bloating. I wasn't getting the indigestion. I wasn't just feeling all the bad gut health things that I've been feeling when I was eating dairy. Now, I still miss cheese, <laughs> but <laughs> cheese is not like me. I think dairy is probably messing with a lot of people, but I think a lot of, and probably me included, we're so used to eating it and feeling the way that it makes us feel that we don't even realize that we're feeling that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tell this story a lot when I uh, was 18. I, I've always had sinus and allergy issues. And when I was 18, I went to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And he told me, I mean, just automatically said, stop eating chocolate, stop eating peanuts, stop eating dairy. And I ignored him because I was 18 and <laughs> You, you don't listen to adults when you're 18. <laughs> so it had gotten really bad at one point. And, I, and I was, even though I ignored him, I always remembered it. And so I said, well, let me stop eating chocolate and see. I stopped eating chocolate and almost immediately I started feeling better as far mm-hmm. as my allergies, as far as my sinuses. Mm-hmm. I stopped eating, later I started eating dairy. And so not only was the gut issues, but also I was feeling better up here in my sinus cavities and what have you. Still haven't stopped the peanuts because I was like, a girl got to have something. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, being a plant-based eater, sometimes those nuts are a good source of protein, which my body needs. So 
I think it's like you say, delay. Sometimes you just eat things and you're so used to feeling the way you feel, you don't realize that maybe if you take it out, you may feel a little better. So do the doctors say you were allergic to those things or just that it would be better for your allergies not to have them? He said they were like common allergens, common allergens. Okay. Um, especially for people that have sinus issues like I have, have still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it wasn't even that he didn't, do, he, we didn't do any allergy tests back then. We just, he just was like, these are three common allergens for people that have the issues that you're having. So oh, yeah. So you say plant-based eater and I know you eat seafood, but is that different from being a vegan or is that just another term for veganism? Oh my gosh, that's so many ter- terms. And then I've been getting into it and actually studying and actually reading. <laughs> like, there's like the vegan community. There's the plant-based community. There's the vegan community that doesn't eat oils. There's the plant-based community that don't eat anything processed. I have started trying to refrain from calling myself a vegan because the vegan lifestyle is nothing coming from an animal no leather nothing nothing at all that comes from an animal no Uh, honey no honey right Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh some people do it for different reasons and you find that some vegans I guess some people that may call themselves vegan are not only doing it for the food and the health wise but also climate Mm -hmm. also protecting animals and living beings and what have you so it's so many different terms and characterizations out there. I actually took advantage of COVID and happened to be in the house and I took a course to become an integrative health nutrition coach. Hmm. And one of the, the big things that they talked about was talking about bioindividuality is what works for me may not work for you. What works for you probably wasn't what may not work for me. And so you have to find in all of this, what works for you. Hmm. And I know one thing as far as my journey, as far as trying to eat better, is trying to figure out what can I stick with? Mm. Like this 15 pounds that I feel like I've been trying to lose for the last year and a half that I think the dad I've turned 60, they're like, we're not going anywhere. We're going to protect you. We're going to stay here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't go get what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going away. I'm 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> But there are probably some things that there that I could do that would make losing the those 15 pounds easier. But is it something I want to find something that I can continue to enjoy food and continue to live with for the rest of my life? I don't want to just do something like, well, you know, if you ate lettuce every day for 30 days, you'll lose 15 pounds. Like, well, after that 30 days, I'm gonna go eating. And so I, you know. So if it's not something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I don't necessarily, I'll try it maybe. But if it sounds like stuff, it's like, I don't think that this is something I'm going to enjoy doing. And mm-hmm. I enjoy eating. Like, you know, people say, well, do you miss the meat? You know, no, I, I really, the only thing I miss is cheese. Like I said, my husband is not a plant-based eater by any stretch of the imagination. And so he brings meat in. I'll cook meat for him. He says mm-hmm. he loves my spaghetti, you know? But I can't eat it. A, the meat, and B, I can't eat tomatoes anymore. But that's another story. You know? <laughs> Something else was found out, you know. But well, I, how I, did you feel different when you stopped eating meat? Like, what was it that the meat was making you feel that you felt it would be healthier to not eat it? I didn't know that this wasn't normal. I had operated on this is the way I feel. I feel the way I feel. And once I stopped, I felt 
lighter, I felt more energized. I felt, I didn't feel as bogged down after eating a meal. I didn't feel that, that, oh my gosh, this is just like, you know, and now I will overeat some plant-based stuff sometimes, but it's still not that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I so weighed down, feeling the, the whole gut health and our mm-hmm. gut health is so important mm-hmm. and stopping eating the meat. I, a lot of the things that I thought were just normal, the way we we're supposed to feel, I didn't feel it. You grow up, you eat things, you do things, you think, well, this is normal. And so you get used to feeling that way. And so you just operate based on the fact that this is the way you're going to feel. Once I stopped, I was like, oh, well, this is a better way. High blood pressure runs in my family. Heart issues runs in my family. And I I remember caring for my aunt before she passed. And I remember going and getting her big bag of prescriptions, which I described it because it was just, it was literally a big bag full of different pills that she had to take. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, it's like, I don't want this for my life. I don't want to have to take a big bag of pills as mm-hmm. I'm going through life. And so food was, I was like, we can do this with food. Uh, my mother did it when we were little. She had high blood pressure, very bad. I went to the point that she was passing out. And we were in church more than occasions. And she went to the doctor and a doctor, even back then. So this was what, 50 years ago, 50 plus years ago? There wasn't one doctor. She went to several doctors and all of it was like, here's a pill, here's a pill, here's a pill. And this one doctor is like, you can make some different food choices. And she did. We started eating wheat bread. We stopped eating whole milk. She's cut back on the sodium and salts that she was putting in our food. And while she's still on medication, that's pretty much my mother just turned, I'm not supposed to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you won't let her listen to this episode. <laughs> but I think that the only medicines that she's on are the high blood pressure medicines. And she doesn't uh, pass she, out anymore or anything like that. She doesn't like, pass no. out. She's on lower doses of, of the medicine uh, because it's she's still control. very cognizant of what she eats. Of course, every once in a while, she has to get a tweak a little bit. But uh, so, you know, yes, diet. So if you need your medicine, you need your medicine. And I'm not right. ever going to proclaim, no, don't take medicine, but just eat a rutabaga. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is something else my brother and I, we've decided that the rutabaga is a cure for everything. Even though <laughs> neither of us has ever eaten a rutabaga. I don't know if I would know what a rutabaga looked like if you had one behind you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it means. Yeah, rutabaga. The rutabaga means it's a cure for everything. So, you know, it's so, food, food that makes you healthy, right? Yes. Some yes. kind of food that makes you healthy. It's interesting because you said she went to numerous doctors. Some doctors do get the rep of always wanting to prescribe a pill, maybe because we perceive that as easier for them. Having the opportunity, and not everyone does this, to actually go to different doctors and get different opinions is very important. And finding a doctor who's aligned with what your personal goals are for your health. And I know they're out there. So good on her that she went ahead and kept looking until she found one. Now, have you been able to find medical providers who support your choices in food? I, I have, actually. I, I, and it's been it's been great. I've had my cholesterol shot up at one point. 
And the doctor talked to me about a statin. And I was like, I don't want to go on a statin. I said, let me try to control this my, in, through diet and nutrition and through exercise. And the provider were like, okay, let's do, we'll do it. We're going to monitor you every quarter to see where you are. And then we'll go from there. And I think that I ended up on a statin maybe three months. And then after that, we, I came off and haven't been back on and haven't looked back since. Now, my cholesterol is still a little troubling to me. That's why I chose to incorporate the fish back into my diet. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's where it needs to be, I guess. And also, I've been seeing a nutritionist for two years now. Mm. And I'm fortunate and blessed that my insurance covers it 100%. That's great. Wow. Yeah, there are probably a lot of insurance out there that would cover a nutritionist, you know, um, going to a nutritionist for consultation. So it makes sense because they save a lot of money if you if you can on the front end eat healthy and and avoid all the costly diseases that you could end up with to a nutritionist or have that information. (laughs) What does the nutritionist do for you and what have you changed based on having had that nutritionist? We talk a lot about protein and the importance of protein in our in the diet. She's given me some recommendations about working with me and what my choices are. And she's she doesn't say, "Well, no, Monica, you need to eat chicken. You need to eat you need to eat a good steak every once in a while." And mm-hmm. she's like, "Okay, this is the way you want to eat. So let's figure out how to make this work." We we talk about my intention of wanting to keep my blood pressure and my cholesterol down. So she gives me thoughts about things that, foods that would better serve that. Sometimes it ends up being, I call her and say, sometimes it ends up being my psychologist. Because <laughs> if, if I'm feeling a certain kind of way, sometimes she ends up being, we end up having our counseling sessions. She's given me a lot to think about. Gives me a lot of ideas to incorporate into my daily living. I don't want to use the term diet because... So often we look at the word diet as just being such a negative connotation. And I think that the way we choose to eat is just the way we choose to eat. It's just a part of you know, the way we choose to live our lives. My bio-individual eating plan, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important that people think about it and you don't just go with the flow on whatever's put in front of you or as adults, we can make these choices. And when we have great information, like your nutritionist provides for you, we can make the better decisions for our health. The FDA was trying to make some changes about what could be considered healthy on food packaging. Uh-huh. And they're getting so much pushback, of course, from the sugar industry, from the people that make processed foods, baby food even. They're getting so much pushback on that. So it's like people don't even want to agree as to what is healthy. Like the sugar industry, for example, it's just shown over and over again that how addictive sugar is, how bad sugar can be for your body. But you have people's financial interests above right. you know, the overall health interests. Yeah. As a story uh, of our country. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to want to do it too, because a lot of times our food choices are also very personal. And can be very familial. You know, mm-hmm. this is the way we, my family eats. These, these are things that feel good to us. These are, it can be very comforting. And so 
kind of going back to how in the medical profession, they want to first get pills. And I think a lot of times that's what people want because it's easier. It's easier to take a pill than to stop eating fried chicken every day. I've thought about changing things and I have changed things, but I, I'm like, I know this is what I know how to cook. And sometimes yeah. I, I just want to go fall back on what I already know instead of trying to look up recipes and doing all that. So I, I understand that you do have to be intentional about making those changes and baby steps. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, 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 again, I think what it works for you, what makes you feel good and, and the moderation. And, and you have taught me about recipes because when I first started on this journey, I realized that I was relying on packaged meals. Yeah. And there are a lot of packaged plant-based meals out there. And they're like, yeah, we're plant-based, we're healthy. Eh, maybe a better choice, but you're still processed, you know? Right. And, and that was something that I have had to learn. And so Elaine has gifted me with lovely cookbooks and that I've gone to actually this weekend. I, I made this Tabitha Brown. She yeah. makes some excellent recipes and, and they, they feel like home. I say I'm on the slow road to veganism because it's like, I don't, I might get there when I'm 85 because <laughs> I got to have some sushi every now and then. But you know, the, the more uh, ideas I can get from you, the more I will try. But it sounds to me like you had supportive members of your family, your brother, your mother. And I think sometimes I like how you're like, no judgment, just because I don't eat meat doesn't mean I'm judging you because you eat meat. But sometimes the reverse can happen in a family. Like I remember in my twenties, when I decided I was going to be a vegetarian, not Elaine, but a lot of people are like, what do you mean you're not eating? <laughs> and nobody changed what they cooked for anything. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you better figure this out. <laughs> right. And so I think what your husband sounds like he's supportive. It sounds like you're surrounded by people who are supportive of your food choices. I, I am. And I'm very fortunate. Now, I still have some family members that want to throw shade at the way I eat. And, uh, but I can tune them out. I can, you know, it's like, whatever, you can say whatever you want, but, you know, this is the way I, this is my choices. And, you know, so, yeah, once we get like 40, 50, 60, we don't even care. Yeah, I don't even care. I was like, yeah, you, you go right ahead and eat that fried chicken. I'm good right here. Okay. But, with my carrot doll. Throw that carrot doll in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get you to sort of say in a summary statement, what has following a plant-based eating plan, because I know you don't like to say diet. So what (laughs) has following a plant-based eating plan done for you? I guess the first one thing is that it's something that I set out to do and I did it. And so the, the the achievement there, I think that it has helped manage some of the chronic illnesses that run in my family. It's managed my, I do take a high blood pressure pill, but it's a very, very low dose one. I'm not on any statin. And I feel better. Mm. Like I said, I can have a, a huge plant-based meal, be extremely satisfied, but not have that oh, I think it would be sick feeling that I sometimes felt when I ate animal-based products. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
my energy level, I think I've learned how to find protein in plant-based foods, enough protein for my body that my body needs. And that's been a journey too. Uh, My body does need a certain level of protein just to maintain the activity level that I do. So So where do you get your protein from? Nuts, a lot of nuts, lentils, beans. There are vegetables like broccoli, for example, has a high level of protein for a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it beets? I think beets may be another one that I have like a list. That's another thing she shared with me is a list of just like uh, of different vegetables that have higher um, levels of protein. I think your leafy greens like collards, for example, I think are another also. So you can get protein out of you know your vegetables. Fruits, not that many fruits that I'm recalling from that list that have a high level of protein, but but certainly with vegetables, you can. I just feel, I feel good. I feel good. I feel like my skin has improved. Your skin Uh, is beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. There's there's no question there. It's just a a better overall feeling in my body. (laughs) And... What advice do you have or what might you want to share with another Black woman who's considering a plant-based lifestyle? I would say try it. Just try it. Try it. Try it like I like I started out. I tried it like just I said twice a week. See if you like it. And just step into it. Like what they call meatless Monday sometimes. Like right. I, used to, I used to do when I was working for my staff, I would call it fresh fruit Friday. There was a fruit man that, lit, uh, that sold fruit in my building. And so I would go and buy fruit for my staff. And, you know, we called it Fresh Fruit Friday. And, mm-hmm. and so I would share that with them. But the biggest thing is just to try it. You can try it. It's like, well, this is just not for me, you know, or, you know, try it. And maybe like my first venture into it, when I first started like the two days a week, I realized I wasn't eating the proper amount of macronutrients. And so I, it, it wasn't sustainable. And so then I had to go back and try to learn, okay, how do I do this? And this is what I'm going to do. Um, and a good point too is nothing is permanent. I mean, mm-hmm. you can try something and adjust it as needed or make a change if, if something else works better. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. But what I would say to everyone is to incorporate more fruits and vegetables into your into whatever eating plan you choose. Mm-hmm. If you want to eat a steak, great, eat a steak. Have that big side of broccoli right there also. <laughs> Even if you, nutritionist told me, it's just like, you know, with everything, like even with breakfast, and that was kind of new. I was like, baby, vegetables and breakfast is like it's oatmeal and, <laughs> and spinach, Ooh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But I had tried that for a while. I was like, oh, okay. Now, now I don't eat oatmeal or spinach, but I do put, I do like fruit, have fruits with my oatmeal. And so just incorporate fruits and vegetables into your life, whatever you choose. Just make that choice. So this has been great, Monica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for allowing me to talk with And thank you all for like feeling like I had something I could offer. Great, great, great. Anything else, Elaine, we should ask? No, I think we got a lot of good stuff. We got so many good insights. Lots of good meat. So Elaine, what are your takeaways from our conversation with Monica? 
the word that I had never heard of was the bio-individuality, that what's healthy for one person may not necessarily be the most healthy for someone else. And everyone has to find individually what in terms of eating is healthy for them and probably in terms of a lot of things, but right. <laughs> um, in terms of eating, there's no one size fits all. And what I liked about, I had never heard of bio-individuality either, but it links to her idea about not judging other people's choices because because what's healthy for me doesn't necessarily mean what's healthy for you, then you can't go around judging what other people are doing. Right. One of the things I did take away though is she saw her mother role model using food for health as a child. She has a husband and brother and friend who are actively supporting her in the plant-based lifestyle that she's chosen for herself. And I think we can all do that. We can all support each other's choices. Yeah, and, and that makes it easier for everyone. It's hard to figure it out. And so if you have to fight other people about the things that you're trying to figure out, that just adds another layer of, of difficulty. And why would you want to do that to someone that you loved or anyone? And she said something like, figure out what works for you. And I think that's true. And the only way you figure it out is by trying. For resources related to today's topic, see the show notes or visit our website bodywealthsisters.com and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bodywealthsisters please listen next week when we discuss overcoming IBS with Tanya Landry thanks for listening we hope this episode inspires you to increase your body wealth if you like our show please subscribe and tell a friend the Body Wealth Podcast shares personal stories to inspire you. It does not constitute medical advice. For that, we encourage you to work with a trusted healthcare provider. We also want to remind you that the views expressed by our guests are their own. This podcast is dedicated to our mother, Jean Fernandes Barbour, who showed us what advocating for yourself really looks like.